The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We're counting down the biggest soap news stories of 2013 and talking to the stars of this year's most romantic viral video. Today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey there, soap fans. It's time again for your weekly anything and everything soap chat that we like to call Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and it's hard to believe... But we're quickly counting down the days until we flip the calendar over to another year, 2014. I don't know that I'm quite ready to say that yet. And certainly I know that for the first couple of weeks of the year, I'll still be writing 2013 on checks and emails and things like that. So hopefully 2014 will be an easy transition. Uh, you know, when I mentioned that we're flipping over the calendar to another year, it means that we're going to be counting down the days. We'll be counting down until the ball drops. And speaking of those countdowns, that's exactly what we're going to be doing here later on the show. I'm going to be joined by Soaps and Depth's Richard Sims to reveal what you've made the most read soap stories of the past 12 months. Do you think you know what's on the list? Well, you'll have to find out. But before that, I'm going to be joined by the real-life couple who became internet sensations with what I think is the most romantic viral video of 2013. Normally, you don't think of viral being romantic, but I assure you, stay tuned. You're going to find out exactly why this video is the most romantic of 2013. We're going to be talking a lot about the year almost gone by in the next couple of weeks here on Soap Central Live. This is our last live show of the year. Starting next week, it's a special two-part edition of Soap Central Live, and it's really one of the things that I look forward to each and every year, the best and worst of the year. I'll be joined by all of your favorites, SoapCentral.com, Two Scoops columnists, and we'll reveal our picks for the things that we loved and the things that we didn't love about 2013. We're going to kick it off next week, December 20th, with the best of 2013. And then on December 27th, we'll talk about the things that weren't as successful in our worst of 2013 show. If you'd like to share your picks for the best and worst of the year, know that you are always welcome to share them with us. Please visit our official show page at SoapCentral.com slash radio for the number to our 24-7 caller feedback line where you can call in and record a brief message that we just might include during our special two-part broadcast here on Soap Central Live. Of course, if you can somehow squish your picks into 140 characters or less, you can also tweet them at Soap Central or at Soap Central Live, and I may read those on the air as well. Of course, we talk about soaps here each and every week, and when you 
think about soaps, you can't help but really think back to the old ABC daytime slogan, love in the afternoon. So much of what we love about our stories is the love and the romance. And every now and again, a real life romance comes along that makes even the most fairy tale romance on the soaps seem almost tame by comparison. One of the year's biggest viral video sensations is a 27-minute masterpiece of a proposal that audio alone will not do justice. I have, however, since this is radio, plucked out a short snippet from the proposal that should give you a little bit of an idea of what we're going to be talking about. It sets the stage for today's discussion. So let's take a listen to that clip. Oh, my God. Justin is on the TV. Hi, sweetheart. Well, I am not at the restaurant with you. I promise I'm not standing you up. It's the opposite of that. Baby, I love you. I love you so freaking much. I, I, I don't know how to do this. Um, I'm sure you have an idea about what's going on right now because you have a crazy feminine intuition so I'm trying to propose and you know my mind being the way it is I could think of a million different ways that I want to do it but all I know is that I want it to be special and I want it to be romantic and I want it to be something that you never forget The man you heard in that clip is Justin Baldoni, and he's here today to talk about how he pulled off this incredible feat. Justin, welcome to Subcentral Live. Hey, man. How are you? I am wonderful. This may come as a surprise to you. We talk about soaps here each and every week. I've made a career out of talking about soaps, but I don't consider myself to be a romantic or overly romantic, Justin, but... The proposal blew me away, so I, I knew that I had to have you here to talk about this, and I think that a lot of people who may not have seen this video yet are going to love what you have to say about it. Oh, well, I appreciate it, man. Happy to be on. And, and Emily uh, wishes she could be here, but she's actually shooting right now. She's shooting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is kind of like a, like a sci-fi soap. So there you go. You know, I, I normally say that if, if people can't show up, I'm always overjoyed when it's because they've uh, they've got a job they've got they're shooting they're at work that's the best possible reason i can get this for somebody not showing up <laughs> well she sends her love she's here in the spirit so well we i definitely appreciate that and that's it's interesting because i had a, a couple of questions that i wanted to ask her but maybe you'll be able to, to offer a different uh, opinion based upon what she she might have said so first i guess we have to go the proposal where did the idea come from this i mean a, a lot of people it's very simple they think hey let's go to yankee stadium you know let's uh, go to olive garden and i'll pop the question there where did the idea come from to do this in such an elaborate way well it's, it was kind of built from our entire relationship but at the same time i'm a i am a romantic i'm a larger than life kind of you know, die when I'm in love. And I'm also a filmmaker. So mm -hmm. when you kind of combine all those things together, for me, it was kind of common sense to do something grand. And I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I remember asking my, you know, a girl that I had a crush on in high school uh, to go to prom with me over the radio. Cause I was actually like, yeah, I was a DJ in high school on the, you know, on the local top 40 radio station. And I was always trying to figure out, you know, cool, interesting, fun ways to do things. 
And uh, I remember making music videos for, you know, girls when I was younger that I hope to God never see the light of day. <laughs> and uh, so when it came time to, you know, propose to the woman that I was going to spend my life with, which was interesting, was that I ended up with somebody who isn't like that. She doesn't mm. show her love that way. She's the opposite of me in that way, where she's very humble and quiet with her love. Like she doesn't need to, like, you know, throw a parade. She, she expresses her love with her support and her kindness and her service. So one of the challenges that Emily and I had in our relationship was I was so loud and big, and she was so, you know, reserved and, and you know, beautiful and quiet with her love. So when it came time to proposing, I was like, you know what would be really fun is if I went on this journey of, like, doing all of the biggest things you could ever possibly do to propose, but have them all fail because it wasn't what she wanted. Hmm. Um, so that's where the idea came from was this idea of, uh, and I was with one of my best friends and we were trying to figure out, I was like, what do we do? And we just looked at our relationship and it was very simple. It's like, let me do, let me do it the way that I've always done it, but have it not worked because that's not what she would have wanted. And in the end, I'll give her what she would have wanted, which is something small and simple with nobody around and it's just us. Um, so that was kind of like, you know, it was a journey. It was leading me there. And it was also the story of our relationship. When you take that journey and, you know, having this soap background in my mind and, and seeing all the things that possibly could go wrong on the soaps, I have to wonder, was there ever any worry in your mind that you would go through all of this and you would get a no? You have to be pretty no. sure in order to do this. Yeah. And here's the thing. Emily and I are both Baha'is. We're um, part of the Baha'i faith. And in the Baha'i faith, it's all about unity and oneness. And one of the interesting things is that you need to ask your parents for consent before you get married. Mm. Because the whole purpose of marriage is actually to, to build community and to create unity. And if there's somebody in the family that doesn't want you to get married, then, you know, you have to be patient and show them through like your deeds, why you guys should be together. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our dating was preparing for marriage anyways. Okay. And when it came down to it, we had already decided to get married but we were going to write our parents letters. Um, obviously, her dad passed away, so he, you know, we couldn't write him a letter. But we were going to write our, parent, our living parents letters to say why we wanted to marry each other. But I kept postponing it. I kept delaying it. So she wasn't expecting me to propose because we, I hadn't asked for consent, which, of course, I secretly did without her knowing anyways, <laughs> but not in the way that she thought. So, yes, I, I can imagine if it was a normal situation where it was just going to ask and we hadn't talked about it that there could have been a no, but luckily we had already decided together that it was what we wanted to do. Um, but it just, we hadn't taken those final steps to really do it. I have a slight confession, Justin. I wasn't sure if I was going to tell you this, but I figured, you know what, we're putting everything out there. As I was watching this video and really sort of falling in love with the video, I got to about the 17 minute mark and it occurred to me that if this video turns out to be a prank, I'm going to track these two down. I'm going to lock them in a wine cellar because on the Internet, you never know what's going to happen. And I, it, it crossed my mind. I'm like, oh, my God, this would be the most epic prank video in the history of life. <laughs> no, I, and I, you know what, man? A lot of people actually thought it was fake, too. Um, and, you know, because like Jimmy Kimmel just did that whole, you know, girl on fire twerking prank and had, you know. But no, man, it was real. It's real love. Yep. It's, it's, it's really us. And, uh, you know, we didn't even, we weren't sure if we were going to post the video. We actually, 
you know, what it was, it was what happened after the proposal was, uh, you know, it was just us, and then my friends popped up behind, you know, plants and trees in the bar, <laughs> and she saw that there was people there, um, and so we took her back, and I actually had planned a huge engagement party. So we had 150 of our friends on our roof, all dressed up, saying congratulations when we got there. Um, so there was actually an added part of the proposal, but what we did was we showed the video uh, there at the party, mm. and people freaked out. The reactions were crazy, and people were crying and laughing, and they said, you guys have to release this. And we were just like, well, this was for you guys. This was for her. This was our, you know. Um, so over the course of the next six months, you know, we got married three months later. We did a three-month engagement, and then um, everyone said, you guys got to post this. You got to post this. And we posted it on our wedding website, private, password protected, and they were, all of our friends were sending it around to all of their friends, and before we knew it, it had, you know, thousands of hits on a private thing on Vimeo, so we said, you know what, if it's going to inspire people, you know, of course we're going to get criticism, um, of course people are going to think what they want to think of it, we might as well release it, so we released it six months later with the intention of, you know, let's, let's, let's help inspire people, let's show people that love exists, let's, you know, do our part to you know, create a happier world. And we've had a pretty amazing response so far. Uh, yeah, pretty amazing is, is an understatement. It's 8 million, just about 8 million views that I saw on YouTube. I mean, I was thrilled when 100 people watched me making snow angels in a blizzard. So 8 million people is a lot of people. We had no expectations. And it's bizarre because, you know, I'm also, a, you know, I'm a documentary and, you know, I'm a filmmaker. So I do another series called My Last Days, which mm-hmm. is actually a show about people that are dying. Uh, but it's an inspirational look at, at life told through the eyes of people that are dying. And people told me nobody would watch that. And then they said it would be too long. You know, and the last piece I did about this young boy named Zach Sobiak who passed away was 22 minutes long. And, you know, 13 million people have seen that. And so it just goes to show that, like, you know, we don't live in a complete ADD generation. Like, people will watch things that inspire them, that they connect with. And, you know... A lot of people said, oh, I wasn't going to watch it. It's 25 minutes. And then they, they watch it because they see themselves in it. And they see it like, oh, you know, that's funny. And he's making fun of himself or whatever it is. And everybody has a different thing that they like. But at the end of the day, it's a true love story. You know, that's all it is. I think it's important to know for people out there who are thinking that, you know, the Internet is just about cats playing the piano and, and you know, people falling in, in on poles and hurting themselves in, in delicate locations, but you really can use the internet as a way to give back, to bring information to people that, you know, really makes a positive difference in their lives. And somewhere along the line, I think maybe we've forgotten that, particularly on, on Twitter where it's so easy to post something negative. I'm glad to see that you're, you're doing this to make a difference. Well, people, you know, it's, it's human nature to, you know, at the end of the day, like to share in the human experience. And if people, if there's a negative thing happening, then it's very easy to kind of spread that negativity. In fact, I think negativity spreads faster than positivity for some reason, hmm. because I think a lot of people aren't as happy as they want to be. Um, and I find myself in that mix as well. But it's so important that we have to, tr- we have, that it just means we have to try twice as hard to spread positivity. And... You know, that's kind of our mission. That's my mission as a filmmaker and as an artist is like, you know, it's, it's my, I'm on this planet for so many years and whatever I do, I'm going to do my best to make a positive impact. And if that means if I created a proposal that ended up being good that inspires people, 
then you know what? I'm going to let people watch that. And Emily and I are going to let people watch that. Well, for folks who are listening and you're wondering where you can watch the video, we're posting them on our official Twitter feed at Soap Central and at Soap Central Live. But Justin, one of the things I want to ask, in addition to the proposal, we saw uh, a Glee-inspired proposal at the Home Depot. We see some uh, the prank videos where a guy proposes to a woman in a mall and she collaborates him with a guitar. A lot of the big viral videos, at least of the last year and maybe even before that, they seem to revolve around proposals. So what is it that makes proposal videos so popular? It's, uh, I think it's everybody, it's every, it doesn't matter who you are, how negative or positive you are, every, like we're designed to love. You know, I really believe it's kind of the fabric of the universe and it's, the, it's that missing link that scientists will never find when they, you know, use their crazy telescopes and microscopes to try to track down what causes the atom and blah, blah, blah to, you know, to move and split. And it's that, it's that love. It's that little piece and we're designed with it. And I think that proposals, you know, it's, it's like the greatest commitment that you can make. It's like the biggest act of love that you can possibly, you know, do. So, you know, it's two people committing to each other, hopefully for the rest of their lives and, you know, and longer with whatever you believe in. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's a big commitment and a lot of people don't make that commitment. And a lot of people are, you know, living out, you know, living it through them. And a lot of people didn't propose in that way. And a lot of women didn't get grand proposals and, you know, and it makes them feel good to see that other women are. And a lot of men are just like, what? That's crazy. And they watch them. Um, it's kind of just that, like that, you know, it's like, it's like when, uh, sports, you know, like the guys that like sports, like me, we watch sports center and watch the highlights. Mm-hmm. You know, and we watch the highlights because it's like, oh, that's the best moment from that game. Did you see what that guy did? That was crazy. You know, he flipped over the dude into the end zone. Well, that's kind of like <laughs> what a proposal is. It's like it that. Was... It's like the, no one's going to watch your first date, but they'll watch your proposal because that's the culmination of everything. That's like the moment where you decide to spend your life with another human being. And it's beautiful. It should be celebrated. I just don't think it should be exploited. Definitely not, but that, that does give me sort of the question of, of now that this is out there and now that people have watched it, have you heard from anybody who's like, you know, gosh, Justin, you've, you've really done it for me. There's no possible way that I can ever propose to my girlfriend the way that you did. So, uh, I mean, do you feel that the people feel that they have to try to measure up to this incredibly epic video? Uh, you know, there's, we've gotten, there's a lot of comments and people have emailed and saying like, you know, joked about those things, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, and that's not what it's about. And what I try to tell guys especially is it's not about the proposal and matching somebody else's. It's about the originality of your idea because everybody is different. And, you know, you and your girlfriend or boyfriend, you'll have inside jokes that no one else will have. You'll have things that make a, that matter to you that nobody else does. Um, and everybody has different talents and everybody has different abilities and a painter might paint a mural. Um, you know, a poet might write a poem. A singer might, you know, sing a song. Whatever it is, all that matters, and what I would stress to both men and women, is that it's not about how it happens. It's about celebrating the fact that it does happen. Hmm. Because the commitment is what is lacking, really, today. You know, and we live in this ADD generation where there's, like, so many options and so many choices, in a, and it's very uncommittal. Um, but the commitment is the most beautiful thing, like working through something and committing to somebody, no matter through hard times or great times. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to celebrate. And I wouldn't ever, I wouldn't compare or try to, 
because then I think you're, you know, if you're trying to if you're trying to do the biggest proposal and one up somebody, then you're already thinking about yourself. You're not thinking about her, and then you're doomed anyways. Think about her. Think about him. You know, and from there and that purity, you can't go wrong. I think that's well said. So one of the things I have before I, I let you go is, in Hollywood at least, anytime there's a great idea, they're already thinking about how they can make a sequel or a trilogy out of it. What do you do for a sequel? Have you thought of what your next big video might be? You know, I, again, it's this wasn't something that we did um, to gain traction or do a follow-up or anything like that. This was, you know, I've already, you know, I... My videos, my documentaries, the things that I do have had millions of people watch them mm-hmm. for the content, and it's got nothing to do with me. So it's not about creating the next big thing or a trilogy. And But I will tell you, if, if you are asking me that specific question, just today I did release something that is very important to me. Um, a dear friend of mine, Christopher Eif, uh, is part of my, my Last Days series, is dying of cancer. And Emily and I just went to South Africa and filmed a short documentary as a fundraiser to raise money to help him and his family pay off the medical bills. So that is my next video that we're posting on Soul Pancake actually on Monday. Um, and I'll post the link on my Twitter page. And, uh, and if anybody wants to go check it out and watch the documentary and support Chris and donate, you know, that is my next follow-up. And, you know, the stuff's not about me. It's not about Emily. You know, the proposal, even when we posted it, it wasn't about Emily and I. It's, it's about inspiring people to, you know, live more and be happier. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Chris I fundraiser is my next video and and uh, I would love people to support that. I think that's amazing and we'll definitely do our part to share that with the folks who are listening. So for the folks who are listening who want to know how they can keep in contact with you and follow and see what you're up to, where can they find you? Uh, you could, they could tweet me at Justin Baldoni or you can tweet Emily at Emily Foxler one, even though she's changed her name to now at Emily Baldoni, which is kind of fun. So. Yeah, spoiler alert, she's changed her name. So and as you heard Justin say, she did say yes, they are now married. So Justin, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to share what really is great positive energy, which is what we like to do here on the show. And I hopefully more people will feel that and they'll share it on their own as well. Thanks, man. Thank you for doing your work to create a, you know, a better world. I really appreciate that, too. Thank you so much. And for you out there who are listening, if you have not yet checked out the proposal, I promise that you are really going to want to check it out. We've posted the link on our Twitter feed. It's at Soap Central and on our official show page at SoapCentral.com slash radio. We're going to be talking about more of the stories that had us talking in 2013. It's a countdown of the biggest soap news stories of the year coming up after the break. So stay tuned. Soap Central Live will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than soapcentral.com. Every day, soapcentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. 
plus exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Can you feel the love tonight? I hope you can because we are. Feeling it here in the studio. We're back. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. This is Soap Central Live, and this is our final live broadcast of 2013. But don't worry, it's not the last show of the year. We have all brand new episodes of Soap Central Live ready for you throughout the holiday season and even into the new year. If you follow me on Twitter, at Dan J. Kroll, I don't know why you wouldn't be, but follow me if you're not. You'll know that every weekend when I'm at my desk working on getting all of the Two Scoops columns and recaps posted for the week. I listened to the Sirius XM countdowns of the week in music history. So I was thinking to myself, since I love countdowns so much, why don't I do one here on the show? Don't worry, we're not going to be talking about music. We're going to be talking about the year's top news stories from everything that you've been talking about in 2013, the last 12 months. And I don't think that any year-end countdown should be done alone. So we have the executive editor of Soaps and Depth magazine, Richard Sims. He's phoning in from a top secret location this week to help us out. Richard, welcome to Soap Central Live from wherever it is you are in the universe. Well, thanks. It turns out that I'm actually on my couch. Um, The top (laughs) secret location got well. So I am sitting on my couch with a blanket on top of me, and it's, you know, and I have to say, I am so glad that, you know, that you had me on tonight because, because I'm on tonight. I mean, not that I don't always listen to the show, but I didn't, <laughs> I usually don't listen live. I usually keep it and listen to it later. And, and I loved being able to hear Justin and Emily's story. I mean, I mean, it's just, okay, let's face it. Everybody knows. I'm the Grinch. I am the original Grinch. I am, I'm, I, you know, you're Pollyanna. I'm, I'm whatever the opposite of that is, Cruella de Vil, I guess. But I love that. It like made my heart grow two sizes. It was wonderful. You know, it is. And, and one of the things I really do like to do here on the show is to talk about things that, are, are feel good. You know, we talk about the soaps and there's a lot of sometimes bad things that happen on the soaps. It's all fictional, but we love the, the love and the romance. And here's something that is just as, as ginormous as anything we've seen on the soaps. When you talk about, you know, Luke and Laura and Erica's many weddings and all of those things that we see in the soaps, it's nice to see that there are people in the real world who can have their fairy tale, that can have their their happy story. And I wanted to share that with people out here as we're moving into Christmas and into the new year to remind people, I guess, really what it's all about. And we're also, Richard, we're going to remind people what this year was all about in the world of soaps. We're going to talk about some of the most talked about or the most read news stories in the world of soaps from 2013. I know that the year-end 
issues of Soap's In-Depth magazine for ABC and CBS are on newsstands now, so you've got an idea of what people were talking about. For you, what is your own personal, before we get into the countdown of what other people picked, what are your, what's your personal choice for the biggest news story in the world of Soap's in 2013? Well, you know, I was looking through my list. Um, when we were preparing, we also have another issue coming out um, a little closer to the end of the year. It, it, there is actually a little bit of the year left um, that will have basically our countdown of the top news stories of the year. The ones that are out right now are sort of the year in review, and we cover you know basically all the storylines, but we don't really touch a whole lot on the news. I think when it comes to the actual news of the year, there's two stories for me that really jump out. I, I looked through, I had all of my editors submit their sto- their list of stories, um, what they thought the biggest stories of the year was. And almost, unden- I think undeniably the biggest story of the year had to have been Jeannie Cooper's passing. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, she was so beloved in the industry. She, You know, the character of Catherine Chancellor is legendary, but so is Jeannie Cooper. I mean... It, it, she 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 was until her her passing the very definition of a living legend. Probably the closest thing we have in daytime to a legendary performer. I mean, you know, Susan Lucci is known around the world, and there are other actors like that. But I, I don't know that I've ever encountered anyone in my life who was as beloved and classy and iconic and really, truly just, you know, the heart of her show as Jeannie Cooper and Catherine Chancellor. I definitely agree with you. I will say that that is one of the top 10 most read stories on SoapCentral.com. For me, one of I think the biggest news story in the world of soaps Taking out two huge exceptions that we'll probably talk about coming up in in this half hour is the fact that the four soaps that are on the air right now are up in the ratings. They're up significantly in the ratings over the last year. I'm looking at my numbers in front of me. Y&R is up 800,000 viewers since uh, over December 2012. B&B is up 766,000. General Hospital is up 767,000. Days is up 400,000. So... It's nice to me that for the first time in a long time, we're not talking about a soap that's on broadcast television going away. To me, that's a good story. There's no negative to it. More people are tuning in. They're coming back to the shows that they love. It keeps you and I here talking about soaps for at least another year. So that's a good thing. I agree. And, and I mean, and when you think about that, listen to those numbers. Up, up 800,000 viewers. That's a huge amount. Um, huge. You know, that's, that's, just, that's just a huge amount for a show to be up year to year. You don't see that in primetime dramas. You know, you, don't, you look at Grey's Anatomy, you're not going to see them being up, you know, a million viewers over the year before. It's very common that primetime shows um, have, you know, year-to-year declines. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just, it's, it's really stunning numbers. I think the other nice thing about it is, the reason behind it, and that is, you know, yeah, there may be some clunkers on some of the shows. There may be some stories that, you know, we're not particularly thrilled with, but overall, the shows are just bringing it. I mean, the you know, you look at Days of Our Lives or General Hospital or The Young and the Wrestlers or The Bold and Beautiful, you look at these shows, and they are delivering what fans want, obviously, because look at the numbers. I mean, it's it's easy to hate watch, and it's easy to, you know, complain about some of the things you see on screen. I do it every day, but the but the the bottom line is the shows are really in great 
shape. Uh, and, and that, that also just thrills me to no end because, you know, that, that hasn't always been the case. So seeing that not only are the shows in top shape, but that it's paying off on a, on, on, from the point of view of people tuning in. And obviously, you know, what happened? You know where those 800,000 viewers come from? They come Mars. from people. <laughs> they come from people telling their friends. Wow, this show is really good. They come from Buzz. They come from people on Twitter talking about the shows or talking on the Internet or on Facebook or wherever, and other people saying, okay, you know what, I really should check this out. That's where those numbers come from. That's what's important to me, at least, from having been around since the dawn of time on the Internet. It's going to be 19 years now. I'm glad to see that finally, even though it seems like this is a no-brainer, but the networks and the shows themselves and even the executives at the shows are finally embracing the power of the Internet and social media, uh, You know, whether it be live tweets during the show, whether it be sending stars to a show like Soap Central Live and being able to engage the fans and understanding that it's, it's through that interaction, it's through that desire to have people want to watch the show, to want to become engaged, that builds the interest. Before, when there was no response and fans felt like you know they weren't being read, nobody was caring what they were saying on social media, there maybe was really no incentive to tune in. But now that there's that engagement, now that we see that people want us to talk about the show, we'll talk about the show. Well, and in that regard, I have to single one show out in particular. Um... I really have to, shout, to to send a shout out to the various people who handle the social media aspects um, or the the, the the social networking for the Bold and the Beautiful because they have really got a grasp on things. And here's why I say that. You know, I live tweet the shows as often as I can. I don't mm-hmm. usually live tweet days just because it's an inconvenient time, so I watch it over the weekends and live tweet it. But I live tweet the shows whenever I can. And, you know, sometimes I'll say something that the shows don't particularly like or, or, or you know, someone involved with the show doesn't particularly like, and they'll, and they'll say something to me about it. I mean, on Twitter. It's not like they yell at me or anything, but they'll be like, oh, you know, and they'll say something. Bold and the Beautiful is so supportive, and the Bold and the Beautiful gets that you can mock with love. A great yes. example is earlier this year when they started the story about the diamond, you know, the, the very big blue diamond <laughs> that, that had the mystical powers. I started calling it the electric boogaloo blue diamond. Oh, and, and the bold and the beautiful loved that. Like they would retweet everything I said. At one point I referred to um, Quinn was talking to Eric and she was trying to change his mind about something. And I said, be careful, Eric. She's going to show you the power of her electric boogaloo blue vajayjay. And the bold and the beautiful retweeted it. They loved it. They get it. They get that, they get that it's okay to have fun with soaps. And that even if you're being a little bit critical, you know, I'm not saying being nasty. I think there's such a fine line between being critical and being nasty or mean or mean spirited. But the folks at B&B get it, and I so love that. I love that they have fun with it that they, and that they enjoy, you know, they enjoy interacting with not only the viewers but with those of us who, you know, interact with them for a living. I, that, just, that just scores them such big points with me. 
Every now and again, the BNB Insider account will respond to some of the Wayback Wednesdays that I post uh, at Soap Central on Twitter, where we look at this week in soap history. We mentioned that about the countdown, but you know, going back to all the recaps that we've posted on SoapCentral.com since we went on in, in 1995, and it's funny, every now and again, something will catch them by surprise, where they'll say, oh my gosh, that really was a long time ago, or, you know, oh, isn't it funny that... Uh, you know, Brooke and Ridge were fighting over each other back in 1995, and woohoo, they're going to be doing it again in 2013. Things like that. I like that. You know, they they are savvy. They are paying attention, and like you said, that they do understand that some of the aspect of watching any program, whether it's soaps or sports or a Lifetime movie or, or one of the primetime shows, sometimes you do make a little bit of fun because it shows your love for the show. There's a difference between, uh, you know, funny, snarky, and mean snarky. I think everybody exactly. knows someone in their lives who's mean snarky. Exactly. I mean, and you know, you look, it, it's it's very, you're seeing more and more of this, uh, of the embracing of the Twitterverse and Facebook and stuff like that. And I think it's in large part because, you know, the Twitterverse has been pretty much responsible for the success of Scandal, which in its first season, you know, as it became more and more active on Twitter, as its cast tweeted at the, and that was all basically, um, I was talking to Bellamy Young, who plays Melly, about that. And that really all came about sort of because Kerry Washington and, and Shonda Rhimes said, you know what, we need to be out there. We need to be loving our show and showing people we love it. We need to be on Twitter and and I think daytime is catching on to that, and it's awesome. Well, since daytime is catching on to social media, let's catch on to some of the top ten stories. We'll talk more about the top five in greater detail, but let me tell you, see number six through ten of the most read news stories on SoapCentral.com in 2013, and we'll get your, your thoughts and discussion when we get done with these. Number ten... Hunter Tylo, off contract at The Bold and the Beautiful, will exit in July. That's from May 16th. Number nine is also from The Bold and the Beautiful. Jacqueline McInnes-Wood taking a break from B&B. That was May 14th. Number eight was two-time Emmy winner Julie Berman out as General Hospital's Lulu. That's from way back February 26th. Seems, seems like just yesterday, but I guess it really was a long time ago. Number seven. And number six are both from GH as well. Number seven was Kelly Sullivan confirming that she was leaving General Hospital from June 27th. And number six, which may be uh, artificially high because I did tease this in a certain way, but number six was General Hospital ages and recast Morgan. That's from April 17th. Your thoughts on numbers six through ten. Any surprises there? Not really. I mean, they're all things that really had people buzzing. I think... Um, I, I think one of the things that made, you know, both with Hunter Tylo and uh, Jackie McKenna's Wood, I think what really boosted them and as far as people talking about them so much was that they happened at the same time and a lot of people attributed one to the other. A lot of people mistakenly thought, you know, like that, that Jackie was leaving because of Tyler, uh, of Hunter leaving and, and that wasn't the case. And of course, Hunter Tylo, there's always, whenever you talk about Hunter Tylo and, and contracts <laughs> and is she staying and is she leaving, things always get interesting. You know, it's never simple. It's, there's always, you know, accusations flying and things like that. So, so that's really not surprising. I also think, um, the Kelly Sullivan situation got a lot of people talking. Um, it, it, it really caught so many people by surprise because, 
Connie had been such had become such a huge character. You know, she had she had sort of in you know some people you either either she was much beloved or she was accused of eating the entire show, which you know one or the other depending on whether how you felt about the actress and the character. I personally loved Kelly Sullivan's performance. I thought hers was just one of the best multiple personality depictions. Um, you know, whether you loved or hated the story, I thought her performance was incredible. And I really, honestly, to this day, I did not understand why she was written out. So it makes sense that that was, you know, that that was very controversial and had people talking. I agree with you. I didn't really understand that either. She was so front burner for so long that killing off the character was a bit of a surprise. You know, maybe if if the the story had waned and uh, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever completely figure that out. Uh, You know, it's one of those things. Anytime someone who has a front burner storyline leaves the show or is written out of the show in this case, and it isn't as a result of their own, decision to leave the show it always makes you wonder and i guess as we were told you know sometimes there are things that go on behind the scenes that are required where ends have to be met and things need to be fulfilled and as a result of that we lost kelly sullivan she hasn't landed at another soap which sort of surprised me maybe in 2014 we'll see that happening so i don't know i guess we'll find out well i happen to know that there there are several people um, actors and even a few people behind the scenes who are really campaigning to see her over at Days. So I wouldn't be entirely surprised if she winds up um, joining the cast of Days. Uh, there's there's been you know even just even just today uh, I was talking to someone over there who said you know God I really want them to bring her over here. So so maybe that'll be one of our stories of 2014. Well, with the way that they tape, she could be hired tomorrow, and she may not air until 2015. So I don't know that. <laughs> that's true. So we're gonna go into the top five, Richard. Uh, the number five is the highest entry by the most recent news story. This is one from November. It is a news story that involves a fan favorite leaving and being replaced or recast by someone who was also a favorite who'd played the role before. I'm pretty sure that you can figure out who it is. I'll let you see if oh, you can guess it. Got to be got to be the Billy Miller situation at Y&R. That is correct. And that's uh, from November 18th is when the news broke and it's the number 5 most read story of the year. So obviously that means a lot of people were talking about it and a lot of people uh, in a short amount of time that's less than a month ago. It's still a big story and there's a lot of people who were on uh, both sides of the story on this. A lot of people who really love Billy Miller hate that he's leaving. There's people who always love David Tom or glad he's back. There's people who are in both uh, sides of the camp who are sad to see he's going. They're sad to see David Tom's coming back. You know, they wish they could see them both at the same time, somewhere, somehow. It's a big, big story, and I think this is going to be something that follows through into 2014 because that's when we're going to see David Tom debut in the middle of January. Yeah, I think that's when this story is really going to pick up steam again, because right now, you know, we're seeing great material being written for and performed by Billy Miller. Uh, today's episode, he just ripped my heart out yet again. He's just, the, the, he's doing such great work in this Delia story. I'm not a fan of Dead Kids, but the acting, is? you know, not only by him, but, but, uh, but Amelia Heinley and, and Greg Rickert and, and, and Elizabeth Hendrickson and, and Michael Muni. I mean, just there's so many members of the cast who are just ripping 
my heart out on a daily basis. But it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this story continues when suddenly we have a completely different actor who obviously is going to have a different take on the character. I mean, I remember David Tom's Billy, and it was a much different Billy. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that transition works and whether how, how well people embrace it. That's a really good segue for the number four story, which broke on October 25th. It played out, at least somewhat, on today's episode of The Bold and the Beautiful, talking about a new actor coming on and seeing what their take on a role is. Torsten Kay being cast as The Bold and the Beautiful's new Ridge Forrester. I see in the Twitter feed as we're talking, there are people who are just watching today's episode, and they're still upset that uh, Ron Moss isn't with the show anymore. So uh, it should be interesting to see how this acceptance plays out, not only in the last couple of weeks here in 2013, but long term to see if they embrace Torsten on B&B in 2014. Obviously, there are going to be people who won't. You know, that's that's just the nature of the beast. And certainly, I think we'll see more of that. Maybe even we'll see more of that on the Internet than exists in the real world. Because the Internet is, you know, for two things, porn and complaining. But... <laughs> But I when marriage proposals, marriage proposals, and marriage proposals, right? And marriage proposals. Um, but I really, I am so excited by this. First of all, I loved even the way they handled his entrance today. We all knew we wouldn't actually see him, you know, see his face or whatever until the last few seconds. And I love when soaps do this. I love when soaps, you know, news has been out there for months, and they try and pretend like we don't know who this is walking up the driveway. But I mean, they gave him cool James Bond music. They did the little literal throwaway joke with the Speedo. And then it was just lovely having Eric toasting to Stephanie, drinking the martinis, talking to her portrait, and then having Ridge walk in. I I think this is going to be so successful. I really do. I mean, yes, it's going to be completely different, but the the testosterone that's going to be flowing when you put Ridge and Bill in a story and have them fighting over, around, under, whatever – Brooke and Katie, this is just gonna. This is gonna be so dynamic. I can't wait to see how it plays out. I do think this is an example of how bringing in a new actor, when you know, typically you get the response from PR departments, we're taking the character in a new direction, and <laughs> nobody really ever believes it. I think this might actually be a legitimate case of taking the character in a new direction. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really get much different. It's and what I love is Torsten K is. He just gives great interview, and in every single interview, he'd be like, I don't know why they're hiring me, <laughs> and, and you know, how are you going to play Rich? I'm going to play him the same way I played every role I've ever played. I don't know why people keep hiring me. I play the same part over. He just cracks me up. I think, I, you know, he is so humble and so, I, you literally get the sense that he does not understand why he's famous. He does not get the understand why, what all the hubbub is, and I, I love that. that he brings yeah. that. You're absolutely right. I got that from him when I interviewed him for the All My Children Return. Uh, you know, and was talking to him. He's like, no, no, no. He says, don't talk to me. Talk to the kids. Talk to the new people. Give them their moment. Which, talking to kids, I'm um, watching to make sure we get all of these top tens into our show before we run out of time. And the number three news story was uh, a kid, if you want to call her that. Someone who grew up before our eyes, disappeared from the show that won her a couple of Emmys so that she could focus on some behind the camera work. She came back 
just a bit ago, but the news broke on August 21st that Kimberly McCullough was returning to General Hospital, the number three most read story. It certainly has helped General Hospital power to a huge rating with Kimberly McCullough returning as Robin and trying to figure out who will Patrick choose. It's definitely one of the big, big, big stories that we're going to still be talking about in 2014. Definitely, because I think it's important to remember that I know there are people who aren't thrilled that when Robin walked through the door, Patrick didn't immediately say, you know, hey, my wife's home, I'm going to go be with her, you know, that he's that he's having difficulty with this. And I try and urge them to remember that while it's easy to, as a soap opera character, say, well, these two characters belong together, I try in situations like this to say, well, what would a real human being do? And a real human being would hopefully not want to hurt the person that they just spent the last, you know, two years or however long falling in love with and who is good for their daughter and who their daughter has a relationship with and all this. Um, and I, I think I have absolutely no problem saying that, and consider this as much of a tease as you want, but I, consider, I have absolutely no problem saying that, you know, even when Patrick does make his choice, this story is not going to be over. Obviously, it's a soap opera. If, if Patrick made his choice and rode off into the sunset with either woman, well, that would be a little bit boring. So... I, I'm so glad that I think what really makes this a good news story and what made people excited about it and maybe made them skeptical and maybe had them talking when it first broke was, oh, yeah, sure. Kimberly McCullough is coming back. What, for a week? You know, she's mm-hmm. only four episodes in the basement. And this, because it was a real comeback and she really signed a contract, we're getting really good story out of it. And it's not just, you know, she filmed four days and we're going to stretch them out over the next six months. Patrick decides, spoiler alert, Patrick decides when he makes his decision that he can't choose either Sabrina or Robin. He falls in love with Felix. They move off to Seattle and and have a commune (laughs) with Lucas. There's your story. I will tell you this. Let's do a little tease here. Patrick promised Emma that he would make his decision by Christmas, and he does. On, On what is Christmas Day in Port Charles, he makes his decision. What's really interesting is that while most of us in the real world go from um, you know, we have a week to recover between Christmas and New Year's. In Port Charles, they're <laughs> going to go there. immediately from Christmas Day to New Year's Day. <laughs> so, um, I think there's some people who probably carry on that way in in real life. They just have maybe. one long, continuous day. <laughs> okay, so we're down to the top two. We have a couple of minutes left here. Number two, Richard. People may be surprised that this is not number one. It's what you talked about earlier in this segment. It is... The passing of Jeannie Cooper at age 84, May 8th is when this was reported. And, you know, there's, there's a big hole left on The Young and the Restless. It's, it's certainly, it's, it's no design by, by the show, you know, where they, they chose to kill off Delia. That's a story uh, chosen that they, they went down that path. This is something that, you know, was no one's fault. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sad to watch The Young and the Restless and to know that we're not going to see Catherine anymore. It is. I think they did, uh, you know, I think they did something very right and something very wrong where, where the handling of this was concerned. I thought it was very lovely that they did that episode where it was basically the actors sitting around and sharing their very, very personal, very private memories with the audience. I, I just literally got chills remembering that because I thought it was so... You know, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of breaking the fourth wall, but in that case, I thought it was really lovely. I do, however, think that a lot of storyline-wise, I think, you know, this was under the previous regime before the new regime had started. 
I really was not very pleased with a lot of the decisions they made as far as, I don't think Catherine's death turned into the big story that it should have been. I don't think it got at all. I think the way they handled Jill was, you know, having Jill just go around being a raving psycho rhymes with witch for, for months, uh, you know, how they handled the will, who they didn't bring back, how, who they didn't even mention. There were a lot of things about that that I wasn't too thrilled with. But I'm kind of excited to see that it feels as if the new regime is sort of trying to at least make some corrections with that. Like, for example, the whole music box thing. It, you know, just when I was tired of hearing Jill talk about this music box and, oh, my God, I sold it on eBay or whatever, all of a sudden today that story took a little bit of an interesting twist. and And so... I think the new regime is going to give us something, hopefully, a little bit more coming out of that. Well, we are up to our number one pick. Unfortunately, we're out of time to talk about it, but I'll let you uh, make a prediction. What do you think number one is? Michelle Stafford leaving YNR. It could possibly be. If you want to know what the number one news story of 2013 is, you're going to have to tune into SoapCentral.com coming up. Over the holidays. And one of the other things you can tune in is a whole bunch of appearances by Richard Sims on Soap Central Live. Richard, thank you so much for all of your visits. Wait, you're over really the leaving past. us with a cliffhanger? You're sure, leaving why us with a cliffhanger? Sure, it's a soap show. Come on, what else would I do? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's horrible. I can't believe I'm actually doing it. But I do want to make sure that I have enough time to thank you for all of your appearances in 2013 and hope that you come back in 2014. I would be glad to, and uh, we'll have to set up a time. I actually want to talk about some of the lesser discussed news stories that I think also had a big impact. And so maybe I'll have you swing over the show and we'll uh, on on tune in tomorrow, and and we'll discuss some of the the smaller stories that didn't get to to make the top ten. Sounds like a plan to me, and that is, as I said, going to do it for this week's show. I am already starting booking guests for 2014, and I'm hard at work in the Soap Central Laboratory on our year-end specials that begin next week. If you've missed any part of today's show, if you'd like to hear it again, head on over to our official show page at SoapCentral.com slash radio. That is the place to find any and all past episodes of Soap Central Live. If you want to check out any of our previous, I think it's 205 episodes now. Each episode is available for free on-demand listening. You can also download them to your PC, your Android, or your Apple device. Speaking of Apple, Soap Central Live is available on iTunes. I know many of you have asked about that. You can download the show as a podcast for free. Just zip on over to SoapCentral.com slash radio for all the details. So, what do you out there think was the best of soaps over the past 12 months? You can share your picks with us on Twitter, Facebook, and of course on SoapCentral.com. Don't forget to join us next week, December 20th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for part one of our year in review special. It's a look at the best of 2013 in the world of soaps. We'll see if your picks made the cut. And I hope that you'll join us then for the continuing saga that we like to call Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.